1: 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with, uh, State Superintendent of Education, Dr. Kate Brumley. And, uh, Dr. Brumley, you released the, uh, State Leap Scores yesterday morning. We had a lot, we had a lot of good news. Uh, we had some things that we need work on, but let's talk about the good news first.
2: Yeah, it's been, it's been great being back home. You know, it's, it's funny. People will say, thank you so much for coming to Northwest Louisiana. I'm like, But you don't have to thank me for coming home. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, I I guess the the bottom line behind all this, just like plain and simple, is two consecutive years in a row, uh, the state of Louisiana has shown growth on LEAP assessments that measure uh, English literacy, uh, math, science, and social studies. Uh, And at the same time, we have to recognize that in a state where we have been long challenged educationally, uh, we have to continue to work hard be urgent, be focused, because uh, we still have a lot of work to do.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of work being
2: uh, some
1: of the weakest parts were were mathematics.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we, can, we can talk about mathematics because if, if we look at students in, say, third and fourth grade and their level of proficiency in math, and then we track those students from, say, third or fourth grade through eighth grade, what we see is students over that period of time, actually, we have fewer students being proficient in mathematics. So as students go through, um, their, their elementary grades and through middle school, their proficiency decreases. And look, that, that's not just a Louisiana problem, and it's not just a problem this year. This has been a problem for a long time, and it's a national issue. Uh, and, and we look, we look to solve it. I mean, someone asked me, is there a place in the country that's like a model for this? And, and we don't know of one. Hmm. Um, but, but we intend for it to eventually be us. And I think one of the things that we can really do here is um, understanding that, that mathematics stacks on mathematics. So you, ha- you have to understand third grade math and no fourth grade math and no fifth grade math. And I'm just not sure that we have put enough emphasis and, and given teachers essentially like permission um, to allow students the time in those early elementary grades, to really drill on those basic math skills, those foundational skills. Like, I, you know, I'm a pro- proponent of, of simple things like get out the multiplication flashcards, uh, get out rulers and yardsticks, get out measuring cups. You know, these manipulative type activities where kids are building those math skills. And I, and I think um, in a quest for more higher order thinking in math, mm-hmm. um, we have neglected some of the basic skills, and so. If students have, you know, a a small deficiency in third or fourth grade, that deficiency grows over the next few years because they don't have those foundational skills. And so we're launching a math refresh. Um, It mirrors the work that we've done in literacy over the last uh, three years where we've seen tremendous success. uh, And we look to to have a solve here.
3: Is a part of the problem on on the math front, Dr. Brumley, that... um there's a shortage of math teachers. I mean, we know there's a shortage of math and science teachers, and that's an ongoing problem. Is that something that you're you're trying to work on solutions as well?
2: yeah, two two things there. one um, and 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 you may know someone like this. Uh, I talk to elementary teachers all the time who are teaching sixth, seventh, and eighth grade math, and they say, hey, I never intended to be a 7th grade math teacher. You know, I thought I was going to be a 2nd grade teacher and here I'm teaching 7th grade math. And so we 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 passed legislation this last session to help um fund and and provide supports for those teachers to to help them get uh training. Um the other thing that I think is really important here is we requested this last legislative session and and got a funding source approved for differentiated compensation which allows each school system in the state of Louisiana to get a uh, a pool of money that can be used in a market-responsive way at particular vacancies. So if we look at vacancies across the state, they're not even. We know that they're in more high-need schools. Um, we know that they're in special ed, high school math, high school science. And so what this pot of money that thankfully our legislature funded will allow a system to do is pay math teachers more uh, to allow um, incentives for people to do that work. So it's it's a um, multi-prone approach that we have to employ to solve for this. I
1: know – when I was in school, math was not my strong suit. Um I I did well. I love to read. Even as a young child, I've always loved to read. And so obviously reading and writing were more in my wheelhouse, as they say. Is there a way to identify students who are stronger in certain areas and focus on that or and focus on like, okay, they're not stronger in this area. So we're going to focus on, you know, bringing you up. Yeah. That may be a stupid question.
2: No, look, I, I I think that people often feel that way. I mean I feel like probably our people, brains work
1: certain ways and some are math people and some aren't.
2: People people are, are probably listening and saying, Yeah, I'm I'm better at science. I'm not good at English. But the the problem here is like this self fulfilling prophecy. And if we are telling students in kindergarten, first and second grade and helping them believe I'm not a math kid, guess what? They're, going to not, think gonna they're gonna be not a, a math, math kid, kid. Right, And so right. we have to make sure our messaging is right in schools that all kids are math kids, um, so that so that they can get the skills that they need. But the, the literacy work, you know, that is that is working. We're doing the science of reading based approach. It's it's phonics based, back to the basics, and um, you know we we continue to see good results there. Whether it's on the nation's report card where we led the country in fourth grade reading growth, or uh, this year on LEAP, um, a five point increase in third grade, six point in fourth grade. Um, and so we're excited to see those results.
3: When we come back, can, can we hone in on how we did in Cato Bozier Webster, uh, DeSoto Parishes? Sure thing.
1: All righty, cool. Dr. Kate Brumley, Superintendent of Education in studio with Mike and McCarty. 101.7 FM.
0: Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: In studio with State Superintendent of Education, Dr. Kate Brumley, joining us this morning.
3: Dr. Brumley, let's hone in on how we did in uh, the Shreveport area. Uh, Caddo, Bossier, Webster, DeSoto Parishes. We're seeing improvements, I, I believe, in most areas, correct?
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come up uh, here and, and make this announcement yesterday is because this region did particularly well. Um, so I was up here yesterday. Uh, board member Melorene from this area uh, joined me from the state board. Uh, and we, we recognized, uh, the systems in Northwest Louisiana. I mean, across the board for improvement. Caddo is up two percentage points in mastery rates. Uh, Bozier's up two. DeSoto's up two. Webster one. Uh, and if we look, if we look just around the region, Natchitoches, Red River, Sabine, Bienville, Lincoln, um, ev- everyone is up. Um, and so that's, that's really good news. 75% of the school systems across the state of Louisiana are up, uh, and improved. Um, But at the same time, that means that those systems uh, that aren't, we're going to try and lean in a little more aggressively to see if we can't flip their trajectory.
1: Fourth graders now in Louisiana, number one in the country. Is that correct? For reading growth.
2: Yeah, the nation's report card Um, from 2019 to 2022, Louisiana's fourth graders ranked number one in the country for reading growth. In fact, fourth graders in Louisiana are more proficient in reading post-pandemic than they were pre-pandemic. Um, and so that's really good news. Also, on that same um, nation's report card, it showed that our proficiency rates for uh, low, lower-income, economically disadvantaged students, it was 42nd nationally, mm-hmm. and it moved to number 11. So a lot of good work happening on the reading front. This back to the basic finance approach um, just comprehensively in everything that we do. And then now we have to mirror that with math.
3: Do you believe, Kate, excuse me, Dr. Brumley, it's, a bit, it's been a minute. Do you believe that we have now turned the corner pandemic wise, that you think we're now out of the woods from that loss of learning that we knew we had from those kids who stayed home for a year and a half? You think we've turned the corner?
2: If, if you look at if you looked at the rates, the mastery plus rates on LEAP and those content areas, um, you see that we are uh, one point away from being where we were in 2019. So that mastery rate was 34% in 2019. Today it's 33. So we are almost there. Uh, We're looking forward to later in the year when we release school performance scores, because that's a more comprehensive look. That includes ACT scores, uh, credentialing, uh, other factors. And I think that that will even give us a clearer look of where we are in 2023 compared to 2019. But we have made sustained progress. And so I am pleased with that.
3: And what happens now, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people are concerned that oh, all teachers spend a lot of time teaching for that leap test and, and that that's such a focus. Um, do you agree that, A, that that is a focus? And how can we change that if we need to? Well, I think we have to
2: assess core content. We have to know, can students read? Can students do math? Um, the, the test that we give should demonstrate whether or not a student can do that. Um, and so that is, that aligns to what a teacher should be teaching, uh, in the classroom. Now, what we do need is we need more teachers. Um, and so then what, what do we need in order to have more teachers? We need to make sure that we have environments where teachers aren't burdened with paperwork and other bureaucracy. They need to be able to teach free of disruption. Um, they need to, to, to have, uh, workplaces where they can grow and get better at their job. Uh, and they need pay that that makes sense for them, um, and so we are trying to work on all of those fronts. We um, also, thankfully, with the legislation this year, passed the associate teacher bill, which allows for individuals uh, with an associate's degree from one of our community colleges in the state of Louisiana, uh, with certain levels of supports, and while being en- enrolled in a four-year program, can actually be teachers in, in our schools, and so. We're, we're excited about this opportunity. So I, I would share with the audience that if you know someone interested uh, in going into the profession, have an associate's degree, have a bachelor's degree, have a master's degree, go to your local school system and say, I'm here and I, I'm ready to help because um, school systems need teachers.
1: We know the weakness was math. And, and as you said earlier, that's that's a nationwide issue. And there's no real program that we can look to. Uh, other than more teachers, are there concrete steps that Louisiana is taking or looking to take to help improve uh, math scores?
2: Well, i, I hone in on the teacher piece because very little of the rest matters if you don't have a, a teacher in the classroom. I mean, outside of the parent, there's nothing more important. But I do think we can look to um, high-quality resources. I think we can look to how can we scale tutoring across the state during the school day with options after, after school. Um, because a lot of the new research indicate that um, even small amounts of, of tutoring uh, in small groups can really do wonders uh, with with kids. And so one of the one of the acts of the legislature a couple of years ago is the Steve Carter Literacy Program. And so parents out there, um, if you want your child to get additional tutoring uh, after school, um, you can go to our website Louisiana Believes, and and you can actually uh, qualify for a one thousand dollar voucher. For tutoring services at tutoring entities across the state.
3: Got a question for you from uh, one of our listeners who who says it's great to celebrate our successes, but what are your concerns about growing truancy and kids dropping out of school?
2: Yep. Again, um, that's a, that's a problem in Louisiana, and it's it's a problem nationwide. Um, one of the things we have to make sure that happens is is our school systems, uh, and they're working towards this, need to have really um, clean data systems to know. The kids that are and are not truant or are and are not chronically absent Um, the next thing that i think is really important is the work between the school system the district attorney's offices and the juvenile judges so that you have a very clean uh, process with everyone believing in their part uh, within their lane uh, with this responsibility and then alongside that you have to stack up um, community support mental health services uh, other faith-based organizations to provide families uh, support. But really this is – I tend to say it's a local issue because locally you have different resources from, from place to place. Now,
1: as much as there uh, things that they do that we hate, uh, communism being the first priority uh, – China does a lot of things well as far as education is concerned. If you take it the propaganda out, what are some things that they're doing right that maybe we could we could model after?
2: Uh, I'm I'm enter- I'm interested in keeping China out of American classrooms. So, well, uh, and, uh,
1: <laughs> but when somebody is doing something well in education, you have to admit is something that they do well. They start very early.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think that there are things that we can look at um that that can make the difference uh for me we're just trying to work on um making sure teachers have i mean kids have access to teachers trying to break down barriers so that parents can can choose the school that makes the most sense for them going back to the basics for uh reading and math and then trying to transform our high schools to make them more responsive to, to university's workforce and a high quality standard of living for
3: kids lastly before we let you go we're going back to school next week um we're sitting in a building right now with nice air conditioning. We're under an excessive heat warning. What kind of concerns do you have about that? With kids, you know, waiting out outside for the buses. Uh, some of the buses, not all of them, are air conditioned right now. Um, You've Got to have recess at school now too. You got to watch those kids when they're outside, right?
2: Yeah, look, we're, we're excited about the recess bill. I'm glad you brought that up. Kids now, K five, have to have 15 minutes of recess every day at a minimum. Um, but I've reminded people, and we actually have communicated this to school systems, that recess doesn't have to be outdoors. Uh, and in fact, in, in extreme temperatures like we're facing right now, it, it probably should not be. Um, and so everyone has to be really careful about this. I'd also encourage uh, coaches of sports teams to take extra precaution, particularly with football players out there right now. It's just, it, it is just it is warmer than the last couple of years at this particular time, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And So we just need to be careful.
3: Dr. K. Brumley, superintendent of schools for Louisiana. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you.
2: 101.7. Mm-hmm. Back to
0: the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: We just got a phone call and uh, there are apparently some In Minden that are still without power Mm -hmm. after the planned outage
3: from last night. They were supposed to start at 10 last night. So I shot the mayor a text and he says the the power is back on. We were out for three hours and 10 minutes. And I said we just had a caller say that her power is still out. And the mayor of Minden says if anyone like that calls, they need to call the city at 377 to report it. 377 2144. But for most amending, they're back on.
1: Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us uh, just after the break. Uh, we'll uh, catch up on a play. Back with more of Mike and McCarty
0: on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us this morning. Mayor, you've announced uh, your desire to form a committee for this bond proposal that you've got. Tell us about what's uh, what. What your thoughts are on this?
4: It is important for uh, any community to make continuous investments in its infrastructure, and we really haven't done that uh, in about nine years. So uh, I, it seems to me to be time to be looking at that and seeing what our what capital improvements we need to make in our infrastructure, and uh, then asking the voters to see if that's what they'd like to do. And uh, so I'm, we're putting together a committee that will be 19 people, uh, seven uh, uh, seven pairs from each of the council members, and then I'll name five uh, to examine. With the help of our department heads to examine the needs of the city and come up with recommendations about what ought to be included in that bond issue and then uh, then the council would be asked to call an election for april twenty seventh of 2024.
3: Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we had four of five bond proposals fail. Voters um, haven't been very receptive to this. How do you hope to change our minds?
4: Well, what I hope is uh, to do a better sales job uh, in terms of the convincing of the need. The need for these, uh, the cost of them should be very reasonable. And uh, just the idea that every once in a while you have to go out there and make investments to make your company better, to make your city better, to make your community better.
3: Okay, let me, I'm not going to mention any particular streets by name, but will you be naming, like, I mean, is it your goal to to tell me specifically what this bond issue is going to pay for?
4: The goal would be to have the council pass a resolution to indicate exactly what projects will be under each of the propositions. The reason you don't do it in the propositions is that in the event that you are unable to do a project because it's too high or in the event that you do a project and it's lower, you don't have a way to reallocate that money. Uh, but what we do is, is pass a resolution that says under the streets proposition, we're going to do these streets, X, Y, Z, A, B, C. Oh, I'm real, f- we- I'm
3: real familiar with that as you well know.
4: Right. <laughs> and so when you, when you do that, when you do that, that's the ones that you're that I think you're bound to to do, and because otherwise you uh, you lock up the money in that project, and then if you can't do that project, you have to have another election to move that money. So there are some technical things that we try and do, but I think having the city council say, "This is what we're going to do with the money is very, very important.
3: How many proposals? Last time we had five, I believe, kind of public safety was one that passed. We had streets. We had parks. Do you, you anticipate kind of dividing it like that as well?
4: I do anticipate having divisions. Yes, I do. I, I think that people will need to determine priorities and they may not think that everything's the same priority. So uh, I don't, I don't envision all or none, uh, kind of a proposition, but to break it up in the subject matter areas, there may be a couple of things um, that are maybe uh, maybe more dreamer items that uh, that would stand on their own. Uh, you may remember uh, Fairgrounds Field was its own uh, was its own proposition mm-hmm. because people weren't sure that but what, what people wanted there and, and wanted an up or down vote on that particular thing. So there may be something
1: along those lines. The last bond proposal that failed drastically, the general consensus was it was more of a, a, a referendum against the current administration at the time. Uh, if you have multiple bond proposals here in this next uh, proposed election, what is, your, what is your first priority? What would you like to see? And, and what, what are your top three things you'd like to see get accomplished?
4: I think we need we need to work on some streets. We may need a little bit of drainage. There's some water and sewer issues that, that might be able to help us con- comply with the consent decree. Uh, parks and recreation, uh, public safety, fire trucks. Uh, you know, you can bond fire trucks, fire equipment. Um, I don't. I don't think that the current budget. The current amount of money that was set aside for the police headquarters the new police headquarters is sufficient to do that so we're going to look at those kinds of issues to see if we can be more more realistic and um and go forward with those projects
3: wait a minute mayor arsenault Wait a minute. We passed the bond issue two years ago to build new police stations and the, and the public safety sec piece passed. And are you telling us this morning we did, it it wasn't enough. It's not enough to do what we were promised. And now we're going to have to do another one to add on to the bond issue we already passed. Yikes.
4: Uh, We, we do not believe that the $27 million that was in that bond issue for a new police station is sufficient to do what that bond issue suggested, which is to, um, wow. which would be to demolish the existing building and build a new one. Oh my God! Okay, got a text.
3: This is not my words. Okay, Bar- borrow. I'm quoting borrowing money at the highest interest rates in 22 years. That would be just dumb. Your response to that.
4: Well, we don't know what the interest rates will be after this is passed. We hope that they'll be later. We'll have to be prudent when we go to market.
3: Who do you hope to serve on this committee? What are you you looking for in terms of the the citizens that you want to be on this panel? Um, People that care about the community, I guess, huh?
4: People that care about the community. I trust the members of the council to appoint uh, people that are in their districts and that have an idea, have been involved in the community, to have an idea what priorities will be. We're, they're going to be guided by department heads to, you know, they have all of our department heads have wish lists that uh, they like to do. So I think it'll be a cooperative effort, and I'll make my appointments after the council has made theirs to try and round it out and make sure that we have a good cross-section of the community.
1: Mayor, do you have public forums scheduled? How many are you looking to have?
4: Uh, I had, I actually had lunch with uh, with Larry Clark yesterday, and we talked about, uh, of course, all the meetings. All the meetings will be public meetings. So, um, but we talked about possibly two specific forums. Um, people will be able to communicate with the uh, with the committee at any meeting, but but to have a couple of specific before. Uh, forums in different parts of the city so uh, and and probably in the evening so that people would have the opportunity uh to go without having to take off work
3: one more thing um indulge me if you will how will you promise us today that you will better track uh proposals that are in this bond issue that they do end up getting done are you putting a system in place that we will better track these projects?
4: Well, I'd like to say that we, we do. Some of that depends upon where the bids are. And as you know, we estimate a cost. Uh, and I know uh, I know Knight Street is one that uh, has a particular ring to several people. Yeah, maybe. And, uh,
3: well,
1: several meaning one,
4: right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you know, at that time, your engineers and, and architects make a, make an estimate of what it's going to be. And sometimes they just are off or sometimes you have supply chain issues like we've had uh, after COVID that have drastically increased the cost of the, the cost of the project. So it is very important that we, um, that we know that those things are there. That's one reason that we, um, that we don't tie things to um, that we don't tie the propositions to specific projects but but would pass a resolution that says this is what we intend to do. That way you have accountability mm-hmm. on the part of your council which is very important.
3: Dumb question. So do, a- do you have a dollar amount in your brain? A hundred million dollar bond package? Do you, do you have an idea yet? Or no?
4: Um... I'm guessing that it's going to be somewhere north of a hundred million dollars. Whew
3: Wow. We'll we'll wait and see who you nom- who you put on the committee. Looking forward to hearing those uh, those meetings.
4: Yeah, it, it, it's time kind of, when we when we haven't made we have not made investment uh, or um, we have not moved forward with with kind of a major investment proposal uh, since 2014. Uh The result of that is we have uh for the benefit of the taxpayer, we have lowered their debt service from thirty mills to eleven mills and uh it's It's really time for us as a community to make an investment in our community. You know there's an economic development component to this- mm-hmm. uh because we'll put a lot of people to work uh and it will open up areas and improve areas of the city so that, that everyone can benefit. So I'm I'm very excited about it. I think it's something that we can do. I think it's something the community can do, and it will let the community know, hey, we believe in ourselves. And I think that that's important.
1: Shreve Port Mayor Tom Marcino, thanks for talking with us. Have a great weekend.
4: My pleasure. Thank you all very much.
1: Let's get back to the show with
0: Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
2: I,
1: I know we're back on.
3: Oh. <laughs> You're <laughs> so squirrely today. I, Sparrow, I um, squirrel.
1: today. Today? yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> There's, I, I did see it, and I don't have time to get into it. And I do, I do want to next hour. Um, have you seen the new Anheuser Busch commercial?
3: I did. I'm How the, we're we're I'm America? The one that grows the hops. I'm American. Yeah.
4: I'm mm. the one
1: that drives the truck. Yeah. I'm the one that <laughs> makes the steam.
3: <laughs> I put the labels on the bottles.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
3: I'm They're American. Desperate. I'm your neighbor.
1: Wall Street Journal has an article saying, you know what? Bud Light may never recover. They may never. Their, their sales continue
3: to tank." I'm your buddy. I'm yeah. your buddy. You yeah. love me. Look at the people. Look, we're, uh, we're the people. I mean, yeah. they're, they're desperate. We're losing our jobs. Please buy our beer. Yeah. Please buy our beer. Oh, man. Shreveport Fire
1: Chief uh, Clarence Reese Jr. going to join us. Uh, talk about the station number 20 out to Florino Lucas Road with the mold issue. We'll get the latest with uh, Micah McCarty, 101.7 FM. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport Fire Chief Clarence Reese Jr. joining us. Uh, Chief, good morning. Happy Friday to you.
5: Good morning. Happy Friday to y'all also.
1: Big news with you, uh, of course, fire station number 20. You're probably sick of talking about it, but uh, mold issues in the building. First of all, did the building flood at one point? Where did this mold come from?
5: Uh, unknown really on where the mold come, uh, came from. This whole deal is kind of under investigation with the city of Shreveport SPAR and the Shreveport Fire Department. So we're looking at a whole lot of things, but, uh, of course that mildew and mold normally is, uh, contributed to, uh, moisture. So we're looking at, uh, we're, we're trying to find out exactly what has happened, uh, uh, to station 19, uh, station 20, excuse me.
1: How long, how long has it, has it been an issue?
5: Uh, I was notified of the severity of it, uh, uh, at the beginning of the week, uh, we have, we're looking through all of our maintenance files, uh, of course with SPOR, with the Freeport Fire Department maintenance, and, uh, trying to figure out exactly how long this may take back.
3: And have crews already started doing the work? Are you going to have to put it out for bids? What's the process of fixing it?
5: Uh, so as soon as the city of Shreveport found out about the uh, – uh, as soon as I found out about the problem, notified the uh, administration, and immediately they began uh, uh, getting environmentalists involved, uh, uh, getting them involved. So as soon as we get results back, it's all being run through the uh, through the city of Shreveport, we can kind of start figuring out where we go from there. But we need to know after that assessment is done, then we can kind of decide what needs to happen. And, of course, this also is in conjunction with the uh, port of Cato Bozier,
3: how long do you anticipate the station will be closed? Do you have a, an idea?
5: Unknown at this time, uh, but we want to make sure that the safety is, safety and concerns of those crews is uh, is is looked after, and also we want to make sure that everything is done correctly uh, on that first pass after we get our assessments back.
1: Where was the mold in the building? Was it in the dorm rooms? Was it in the kitchen? What, where where yeah, they, was the physical mold?
5: Sure. They reported it, uh, the reports that I have seen uh, where they've notified our maintenance division. They were in several locations, including the uh, kitchen living area uh, and, and bathroom areas.
3: I believe Chief uh, Lee said that the, this may impact response times in the area. Um, can you talk about that? Is that going to be a little bit of an issue?
5: Sure, it it will be a small issue. It won't affect the uh, it won't affect the service necessarily of the Streetport Fire Department to those citizens. Uh, all of these fire stations are strategically located uh, throughout the city, uh, and it would be no different than if Station 20 was on a run uh, at the port, and another run came in. We have Station 19 on Ellaby Road. We have Station 3 right there on East 70th Street. We have Station 22 on the Southern Loop, and also a lot of that area is a mutual aid area where we run that with Cattle Fire District 5. So. Sub- there should, if any impact, this should be a very minute impact to the uh, response times.
3: Chief, I got a text from someone um, that knows about the building and apparently worked there years ago. I'm not sure who said, quote, several firefighters that have worked there have died from cancer or been diagnosed. Is that a concern? Are you going back and checking, you know, health issue? Have there been health issues? Do you have that worry in your mind?
5: Uh, of course, we have that worry when anyone has uh, has uh, perished due to any type of illness within the Shreveport Fire Department. Uh, we will again get with the city. Uh, we will take that assessment. We will evaluate all of that information. Uh, but at this time, we cannot attribute any uh, death to uh, any type of situation at Station Fire Fire Station Number Twenty.
1: Have you had any complaints uh, filed at all in in regards to this?
5: In regards to.
1: Like health issues related to station number 20?
5: Yes, so that, uh, yes, they have, uh, we have had complaints with about the mildew, uh, in the station. Uh, there are records that we do have on file that, uh, show where, uh, ceiling tiles may have been replaced and everything else. So this is not an issue that has not gone, uh, that has not been untouched. Uh, there have been several remedies to try to uh, mitigate that mold.
1: How far back have those complaints gone?
5: Uh, that's something we're investigating right now. That is my chief of maintenance uh, that has those files, and we're looking at that right now. Our immediate concern was making sure when it came to my desk, the severity of it was taken care of immediately. Uh, that was the reason they were moved out of that station. Uh, once we actually had a, we had a meeting there, and I was able to see it for myself, uh, and it was made at that time to move them out of that station.
3: Describe what you saw, Chief. What did you physically see when you were looking at the mold?
5: Right, uh, mildew, just like you would normally see in your, uh, I mean, in any, in, 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 in any, any home, is the same type of mildew or mold that, uh, that I lay my eyes on. Can't tell you what type of mold. Can't tell you if there are any di- different types of mildew. I have no idea. Uh, but what I saw was, you know, spots on the wall, discoloration of, uh, some of the, uh, ceiling area and, uh, and paint. that uh, was not really, adhere to the wall
3: and and the work could you're hoping the work can start quickly y'all can treat this as an emergency i would assume
5: uh absolutely uh but we want to make sure the citizens know that the the response times uh, of the street for fire department while i said may well, maybe minute uh that is the main thing we're worried about right now is making sure that we keep the same level of service to the citizens of street for while also protecting the uh, health and safety of those
1: firefighters you guys were able to find another building to uh, accommodate your needs. What, I, I, I think it's located on the port facility. Is that correct?
5: Absolutely, right there on the port, four by uh, four, a little bit over four miles uh, from the actual fire station. Uh, the port was gracious enough to open their doors. We also had kind of fire district five where we were trying to get into their fire station. Uh, they were more than willing to accommodate, but also for the health and safety and the mental health aspect of those firefighters who kind of wanted to keep them together instead of uh, moving, uh, busting them around the city.
3: How old is this station, Chief? Uh,
5: to my knowledge, this station was built in the mid-90s.
3: Say that again? You broke up.
5: Uh, I, I said, to my knowledge, this station was built in the mid-90s.
3: Okay. Do you have mold issues at any other station? I mean, I, I know this probably sparks your uh, need to go check everywhere else. Have you found it anywhere else?
5: It absolutely, uh, I don't know about any other stations, but, uh, as of yesterday, we immediately put out a memo saying if there are any health and safety concerns related to anything at the fire station or your health, uh, you need to notify our chief of safety, our maintenance staff, and our deputy chief immediately. We want an email record of all of those incidents.
1: Gee, uh, fire Chief Clarence Reese Jr., look, thanks for your time this morning, and, uh, we hope this gets resolved quickly.
5: Absolutely, we hope so also. Thank you all for having me. You Thank bet. Thank
1: you, sir. Have a good weekend. 1017.
5: More
0: breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710
1: Keel. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. I forget what we were watching because honestly, I watch very little like actual television. Mm-hmm. It must have been on Fox News because I'm trying to think, <laughs> think what... Um, But I just started laughing, Aaron. Uh, you, You know, beautifully filmed... Uh, Americana. Oh, yes. Rolling wheat fields. Oh, patriotic. Farmer, mm-hmm. I grow the wheat. I grow the barley for. The, I make your beer. I drive the, the truck. Yeah, yeah. And then the and then there's one guy who in front of this it's, this big equipment. I make the steam that <laughs> makes your beer. I put the labels on the bottle that makes your beer. I drive the truck and bring the beer to the store. <laughs> All these people. They're they're trying to humanize.
3: We we're supposed to love them, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Bud Light. Yeah, and there's an article in the Wall Street Journal, and and that said, and I'll quote: Bud Light sales may never fully regain the ground that they lost to competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, stores and store owners are clearing their shelves to make room for other brands. And if if something's not selling, how many times have we heard over the past few months, you know, bar owners going, people aren't buying it. I'm not going to stock something. Mm -hmm. People aren't
3: buying. And Modelo is now the top selling beer in the United States. Modelo, which is a foreign Mexican beer, right? Mexican
1: beer, yes.
3: A Mexican beer is now the top selling beer in the U.S., not Bud Light anymore.
1: It said one of the biggest recipients of the switch is also Molson Coors, mm-hmm.
0: so Coors has
1: done very well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And they're they're planning on an additional one hundred
3: million dollars of marketing <laughs> to keep that momentum going. Is that going to bring people back to your beer? Are we going to love you again? No, course. Oh, course You are saying, planning "Oh,
1: on, yeah." Oh, they're, they're going, they are. Hey, baby, let's keep this train oh, rolling. Oh,
3: yeah, I, I would do the same. Yeah, absolutely. But is this Bud Light commercial going to have any impact? Is it going to bring people back?
1: I think people see through it. Yeah,
3: they're they're they yeah, lost it's, them. It's
1: unfortunate. It is a, it is unfortunate that people are suffering due to uh, a few woke up at the top. Mm-hmm. But God, but you. You make a bonehead marketing decision like they did. And they said that the marketing, that marketing, that particular marketing director was fired. Um, and, you know, Anheuser-Busch isn't even an American-owned company anymore. invalid right, is right. out of, I forget where they are, Austria. I mean, someplace. Mm-hmm. It's it's not even an American, which is blows my mind when you think about that. Yeah. Really Budweiser is not an American-owned company anymore.
3: What 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 troubles me about it is when you make a mo- a bonehead marketing decision, which obviously they would admit today was probably well, no, a they bone he- they might not. You might be That's right. That's the problem. B- but it's never a one-person decision. Right. There are people in that chain of command who all thought this is a great idea. let's do this. Well, this will be wonderful for our company and for our beer and our image and our brand and nobody said, hey guys, this might cause a little bit of a backlash
1: let's, let's look at who buys our
3: product with our core
1: yeah let's look at not cores our core right let's look at who who our our average customer is
3: who's the Bud Light beer drinker who is it who's drinking Bud Light? It's, it's not men that... with
1: beards dressing up in in dresses and high heels no
3: it's, as a general rule it really is not it's it's middle America, redneck America, and yeah, that maybe you don't agree with everything redneck America does, but they spend a dang pile of money and and Home they and were your core cool, right. and they drink their beer absolutely, and you lost them, and they're not coming back. they're done with you.
1: It's like Obama's statement. Do you remember his statement? The Bible, what would he, Bible clutching, gun toting Christians?
0: Hmm.
3: You remember that yeah, years ago, something like that, yeah.
1: It's like, okay, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Let's look at who you're addressing. Let's right. look at the American population, and and as a, as a general rule, as a majority, right? Who are you distancing mm-hmm. us, deplorables, as Hillary Clinton referred to, right? Conservative average flyover, you know, mid-America citizens.
3: Yeah. I just, I, I watched to that, touch. I watched that new commercial and I think, you go get it, bottle label or you go get it, truck driver, but I don't think I'm buying any more Bud Light.
1: It's, and, and you can't fault. You can't say people, I mean, <laughs>
3: It's not the people's fault. No, it's not. And they and the Bud's already had to lay off workers. I mean, they'll that's probably the first round. It's called I would imagine. free market. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and people, you know, exercise their choices. Yeah. With their pocketbooks.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's that's what happened. You bet. Are the lights back on in Minden? We have got to talk about that in a minute.
1: Ruben, Ruben will let us know. He's going to follow up. You got you got family over in Minden. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And friends. Most of them, yeah. You <laughs> went to high school with the mayor That's for right. crying yeah, out loud. I did.
3: You went to jail <laughs> in Minden. He'll tell uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I did. A couple of times, one or two times, yeah. <laughs> After the local news.
0: Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
3: Oh, man. My mic's on. Watch out. Oh, sorry. What are you doing down there? Well, I was jamming to the jam. <laughs> jamming to the I jam. I don't know what that means. I was hoping to make a little road trip this weekend. Go to Dallas. Okay. Um, Because Messi is playing. And, oh. you know, he plays for Miami now. R- and the
1: Miami Dolphins? <laughs> Messi.
3: He doesn't know who Lionel Messi is.
1: Lionel Messi. I don't know either.
3: Are you serious? Well, you're... Favorite sport is supermarket sweet
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's a, he's like the most famous soccer player in the oh. world. Oh, <sighs> soccer! Sorry. Oh my! <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Looking for him over there.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Soccer's a beautiful game, but I he played lasso.
1: Does that count?
3: No, but he plays now for Miami. Okay. He plays in the U.S.
1: I was born in Shreveport. Mm -hmm. I've lived here all my life so far. Mm -hmm. We didn't have soccer here. We didn't have it at school when I was growing up. It wasn't a thing yet. We didn't have it, the extracurricular activities, never got into it. I mean, it's like hockey, never got into it growing up in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. So, I don't have an interest in in soccer my kids kids didn't play soccer um mm. so i I never developed an interest in he it He
3: is i mean a, in the in the scheme of probably the highest paid athletes in the world he's probably one two or three right one two or three he's way up there um but he took his skills to our soccer league major league soccer in the u.s he's living in miami and the miami team plays dallas on sunday and i'm like well that would be cool a cool little trip get a buddy or two that likes soccer and go see him play in Dallas. the ticket prices are crazy starting at 200 bucks way up they're normally about 40 bucks a ticket 200 bucks for one ticket Where you don't want to sit, you don't want to be way up there. You want to be first, so you're going to shell out a grand. That's how popular he is. It's so hard to get a ticket to see him, and people are flocking to the games. They love him. Are you going to go? No, I'm not going to pay that much money. I'll watch it on TV. But you're rich. I'm not that rich for
1: you at all. You know, the
3: ticket flight. I know. Come home. The ticket I want is a thousand dollar ticket, and I can't justify a thousand dollar ticket. For one soccer match, I'll wait till he does a few games and then makes his second round, and maybe the prices will come down. But Dallas is all a buzz about it. I mean, people can't get the tickets fast enough; they're they're selling out everywhere. The scalpers are making a fortune on it. So,
1: my man crush is Drew Brees. Okay, I wouldn't pay a thousand dollars to see Drew Brees. I know, I know. If it was one on one, sitting in a.
3: Table and having barbecue together. Mm-hmm, exactly. I'm sorry. I get that. And I and you know, I'll watch the soccer game. I love soccer. I'm I've been a i am i have been I was a soccer mom for years and years and years and still love to watch lots of soccer matches. I'm watching the ladies now. They're in the knockout rounds now, but um Messi coming to Dallas, that's a pretty big one. And I thought maybe it'd be fun to go see. Nah, not for that price. (laughs) Not happening. Sorry. What if you won the lottery, though? What if you won lottery? Oh, if I win tonight? You'd buy a whole section, wouldn't you? Oh, I'm in a box
1: somewhere. I'm buying somebody's suite. You'd buy back, no, it's not backstage, (laughs) it's locker room access. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, sorry. I thought
1: of that. Now. Update on Minden Power situation next, Mike and McCarty. 101.7.
0: Back with more of Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: In case you missed our interview early in the week, Mayor, uh, Minden Mayor Nick Cox joined us and talked about, uh, there was an explosion at the power plant there in Minden. Mm -hmm. One of the, uh, uh, transformers Mm -hmm. blew up causing all kinds of litter and soot and they had to, (laughs) yeah, I I was good. The, uh, they had to shut down power last night Mm -hmm. to make repairs, needed repairs, uh, I think the bulk of the town was out for about three and a half hours. About three I hours? And on that? Ten
3: minutes is what the mayor told me this morning.
1: And so, but apparently, uh, people are, there are some who are still out of power. <laughs> yes. Uh, we got a call earlier this morning. Ruben loves to get phone calls, by the way. Uh, 320 Keel. And if, um if you have need to find out about, um, <laughs> I just got thrown something again. <laughs> Ruben's mad at me now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it, if you are still out of power, you did hear from the Minden mayor earlier I this morning.
3: Mm-hmm. texted him and asked about the power situation. And Nick Cox texted me back and he said, if there are any folks in Minden still without power, you need to call and let them know at the town hall at 318-377-2144. 377 377- 2144, let them know any issues you may have. Again, they planned it to do it overnight in the overnight hours. 10 p.m. I believe is when they turned it off. And he said his power was out for three hours and 10 minutes. So that would be 11, 1, 10 in the morning apparently came back on if they started it right at 10. Um, and that was probably you do, you do
1: math like I do.
3: Uh, count on my fingers. <laughs> I do my ciphering like Jethro Bodine. But um, anyway, it it it's a good thing. I don't know. You know, is it just a, a few that are still without power? What neck of the woods? You have family there. They're back on, correct? Yes, my
6: my mom and dad are back back on.
3: Okay, back. do they live in the center of Minden or are they kind of in the outskirts? Oh, no,
6: they're they're pretty central. Okay.
3: Yeah. And they got it back on
6: they said, within my, about three my, hours. Yeah, my mom said they were only out three hours, and it popped right back on.
3: And I, I wonder about that. I wonder about how hot it can get in a home in three hours. I think it, you know. Well, hopefully, uh,
1: one in the morning, it's not as bad. It, I still wouldn't want to sleep, you know, in the middle of the night with no A.C. Right. But your A.C. And will. my fan. And your, my ceiling yeah. fan. <laughs> <laughs>
6: your
3: A.C. will stick around in your house for about an hour.
6: As long as you're not going in and out the door, yeah,
3: yeah. If you if you stay indoors and leave it leave it alone, then it'll stay there. And then it'll I guess that last hour it might have started to heat up a little bit. But um, when I was driving in this morning, my car temp at eighty four. So I mean that's not unbearably hot. It's hot, but it's not unbearably hot. So again, if you don't have power and you're in Menden, 377 two one four four let them know about any issues that you're having and they will get to you and get you back on as soon as possible but most of the town of minden is now back on yeah
6: let them know before it hits a hundred again today
3: yeah don't wait do it now call them now and let them know because we tried to get the mayor to join us but he has busy schedule today so he wasn't able to join us but again looks like all the minden power is back on for the vast majority of folks only a handful
1: also some activity going on in Blanchard that we're following up on, mm-hmm. uh, hoping to hear back. You, you reached out to, uh, some city officials in Blanchard or would that be
3: town officials? I guess the mayor, the mayor of Blanchard is checking on it to see if there's something going on up there, uh, some sort of police activity. So the, the mayor is getting with the chief and he said he will, I will get with the chief and I will let you know what's going on.
1: 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty
0: on 101.7 FM and 710 keel 101.7 FM,
1: 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty. I walked into the studio yesterday after, you know, we'd gotten off. Mm -hmm. Um, And Ruben was still in here working. I was like, "Dude, you have somebody, you know, somebody coming in, like kind mm-hmm. of thing." He says, "No, I got a post I'm working on." <laughs> oop, oop. Oh, oh, oh my, there this it is! is unbelievable! <laughs> stop, stop! Sorry about that. Um, you 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 got a video of a gator. Now it's it says a gator attacking a a crawfish. What is this? It's a it's a
6: it's a crawfish boat, basically for these crawfish farms. You know, here in Louisiana, we we grow rice, and then once the rice is harvested, we flood the rice fields and we start on the crawfish. Okay, we seed Mm them up with crawfish, and and the they're very shallow you know and they have these little super flat bottom boats with these cage wheels on the back that kind of looks push up like through paddle the mud like a wheel off yeah. of a mm-hmm. paddle boat yeah and and so this crawfish farmer's uh, riding riding his boat through one of the little uh, ponded areas you know just collecting this crawfish and probably what looks to me like a 10 foot gator the thing is huge comes up on him and bites holds on to that cage wheel and oh. goes for a little ride it's amazing. <laughs> he's within four
3: feet of the guy driving this machine. I mean, he's right there in his face. This is unbelievable yeah, video. If I'm, you haven't seen it yet.
6: I'm not exactly sure where this takes place. I'm assuming South Louisiana. So this is probably something this dude deals with yeah. on a weekly basis. And
3: I got a I got an email yesterday from a man by the name of uh, Oquan is his name. So he's from down that way and he said, you need to see the full video of that, that man was instigating the gator
6: yeah he apparently went back and forth Mm -hmm. over the gator he was trying to chase him out you know a a gator to a crawfish Mm -hmm. farm is a pest and mr
3: Oakwan said i'm gonna send you the full video if you would like it and i said please do Shoot it so ruben is is in the process of putting the full video in this gator is a monster
1: it's pretty incredible you
3: can see it at keelnews.com I I to me and I've seen a gator pretty up close cuz we used to have one that would sun on our property on the north side of Cross Lake and I would see a big one out there on 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 our land mm-hmm. and they they just chill they'll leave you alone but if you mess with them watch what they do
6: biggest one i've ever seen uh, my uncles caught it on toledo bend gator hunting 13 and a half feet monster a dinosaur oh that's what they are
3: dinosaurs (laughs) yeah watch this one jump out of the water onto this crawfish machine shock i was like whoa <laughs> he and goes to show how Down.
6: yeah it goes to show how strong their jaws yes. are too mm-hmm. he lifted up into the like his feet were all he off was lifted the, up by ground. his
1: mouth like yeah yeah unreal you can check that out on keelnews.com mm. 1017 fm On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us this morning. Mayor, you've announced uh, your desire to form a committee for this bond proposal that you've got. Tell us about what's uh, what, what your thoughts are on this.
4: It is important for uh, any community to make continuous investments in its infrastructure. And we really haven't done that uh, in about nine years. So uh, I, it seems to me to be time to be looking at that and seeing what our what capital improvements we need to make in our infrastructure, and uh, then asking the voters to see if that's what they'd like to do. And uh, so I'm, we're putting together a committee that'll be 19 people, uh, seven uh, uh, seven pairs from each of the council members, and then I'll name five uh, to examine. With the help of our department heads, to examine the needs of the city and come up with recommendations about what ought to be included in that bond issue. And then then the council would be asked to call an election for April 27th of 2024.
3: Uh, A couple of years ago, uh, we had four of five bond proposals fail. Voters um, haven't been very receptive to this. How do you hope to change our minds?
4: Well, what I hope is uh, to do a better sales job uh, in terms of the convincing of the need, the need for these, uh, the cost of them should be very reasonable. And uh, just the idea that every once in a while you have to go out there and make investments to make your company better, to make your city better, to make your community better.
3: Okay, let me, I'm not going to mention any particular streets by name. But will you be naming, like, I mean, is it your goal to to tell me specifically what this bond issue is going to pay for?
4: The goal would be to have the council pass a resolution to indicate exactly what projects will be under each of the propositions. The reason you don't do it in the propositions is that in the event that you are unable to do a project because it's too high, or in the event that you do a project and it's lower, you don't have a way to reallocate that money. Uh, but what we do is, is pass a resolution that says under the streets proposition, we're gonna do these streets, X, Y, Z, A, B, C. Oh,
3: I'm real f- we- real familiar with that, as you well know.
4: <laughs> right. And so when you when you do that when you do that, that's the ones that you're that I think you're bound to to do, and because otherwise you uh, you lock up the money in that project, and then if you can't do that project, you have to have another election to move that money. So there's some technical things that we try and do, but I think having the city council say this is what we're going to do with the money is very very important.
3: How many proposals? Last time we had five, I believe. Kind of public safety was one that passed. We had streets, we had parks. Do you you anticipate kind of dividing it like that as well?
4: I do anticipate having divisions. Yes, I do. I, I think that people will need to determine priorities, and they may not think that everything's the same priority. So uh, I don't I don't envision all or none uh, kind of a proposition, but. To break it up into subject matter areas, there may be a couple of things, um, that are maybe, uh, maybe more dreamer items that, uh, that would stand on their own. Uh, you may remember, uh, Fairgrounds Field was its own, uh, was its own proposition mm-hmm. because people weren't sure that, but what people wanted there and, and wanted an up or down vote on that particular thing. So there may be something
1: along those lines. The last bond proposal that failed drastically, the general consensus was it was more of a, a, a referendum against the current administration at the time. Uh, if you have multiple bond proposals here in this next uh, proposed election, what is, your, what is your first priority? What would you like to see and, and what, what are your top three things you'd like to see get accomplished?
4: I think we need we need to work on some streets. We may need a little bit of drainage. There's some water and sewer issues that, that might be able to help us con- comply with the consent decree. Uh, parks and recreation, uh, public safety, fire trucks. Uh, you, know, you can bond fire trucks, fire equipment. Um, I don't I don't think that the current budget. The current amount of money that was set aside for the police headquarters, the new police headquarters, is sufficient to do that. So we're going to look at those kinds of issues to see if we can be more re- more realistic and um, and go forward with those Wait projects.
3: Wait a minute, Mayor Arsenault. Wait a minute. We passed a bond issue two years ago to build new police stations, and the and the public safety sec- piece passed. And are you telling us this morning we didn't? It, it wasn't enough. It's not enough to do what we were promised. And now we're going to have to do another one to add on to the bond issue we already passed. Yikes!
4: Um, we we do not believe that the twenty-seven million dollars that was in that bond issue for a new police station is sufficient to do what that bond issue suggested, which is to. Um, this wow. would be to demolish the existing building and build a new one. Oh, my God. Okay, got a
3: text. This is not my words, okay? Bar- borrow. I'm quoting, borrowing money at the highest interest rates in 22 years, that would be just dumb. Your response to that?
4: Well, we don't know what the interest rates will be after this is passed. We hope that they'll be later, and we'll have to be prudent when we go to market.
3: Who do you hope to serve on this committee? What are you you looking for in terms of the the citizens that you want to be on this panel? Um, People that care about the community, I guess, huh?
4: People that care about the community. I trust the members of the council to appoint uh, people that are in their districts and that have an idea, have been involved in the community, to have an idea what priorities will be? We're, they're going to be guided by department heads who, you know, they have all of our department heads have wish lists that uh, they like to do. So I think it'll be a cooperative effort, and I'll make my appointments after the council has made theirs to try and round it out and make sure that we have a good cross section of the community.
1: Mayor, do you have public forums scheduled? How many are you looking to have?
4: Uh, I had I actually had lunch with uh, with Larry Clark yesterday. And we talked about, uh, of course, all the meetings. All the meetings will be public meetings. So, um, but we talked about possibly two specific forums. Uh, people will be able to communicate with the uh, with the committee at any meeting, but but to have a couple of specific before, uh, forums in different parts of the city. So uh, and and probably in the evening, so that people would have the opportunity uh, to go without having to take off work.
3: One more thing. Um, indulge me, if you will. How will you promise us today that you will better track uh, proposals that are in this bond issue that they do end up getting done? Are you putting a system in place that we will better track these projects?
4: Well, I'd like to say that we we do. Some of that depends upon where the bids are, and as you know, we estimate a cost. Uh, and I know uh, I know Knight Street is one that uh, has a particular ring to several people. Yeah, maybe. And, uh, well,
1: several meaning one, right?
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, at that time, your engineers and, and architects make a, make an estimate of what it's going to be, and sometimes they just are off. Or sometimes you have supply chain issues like we've had uh, after COVID that have drastically increased the cost of the the cost of the project. So it is very important that we um, that we know that those things are there. That's one reason that we um, that we don't tie things to um, that we don't tie the propositions to specific projects, but but would pass a resolution that says this is what we intend to do. That way you have accountability mm-hmm. on the part of your council, which is very important.
3: Dumb question. Uh, do, a- do you have a dollar amount in your brain, a $100 million bond package? Do you, do you have an idea yet or no?
4: Um, I'm, I'm guessing that it's going to be somewhere north of $100 million.
3: Ooh, wow. We'll, we'll wait and see who you nom, who you put on the committee. Looking forward to hearing those, uh, those meetings.
4: Yeah, it, it, it's time when we, when we haven't made, we have not made investment, uh, or, uh, um, we have not moved forward with, with kind of a major investment proposal, uh, since 2014. Uh, the result of that is we have uh, for the benefit of the taxpayer, we have lowered their debt service from 30 mils to 11 mils. And, uh, it's, it's really time for us as a community to make an investment in our community. You know, there's an economic development component to this, mm-hmm. uh, because we'll put a lot of people to work, uh, and it will open up areas and improve areas of the city so that, that everyone can benefit. So I'm I'm very excited about it. I think it's something that we can do. I think it's something the community can do, and it will let the community know, hey, we believe in ourselves. And I think that that's important.
1: Portman here, Tom Marcino, thanks for talking with us. Have a great weekend.
4: My pleasure. Thank you all very much.
1: Now more breaking
0: news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: I totally missed there was an NFL game last night.
3: I didn't know it until this morning. I totally missed it. What was it, the Jets and Cleveland? Yeah, the... the... <laughs> I'm sorry. And that was the... Hall of Fame game. That's the best you got? Up.
1: I don't know how they come up with those teams.
3: And Aaron Rodgers wasn't even dressed.
1: Aaron Rodgers, yeah. He, he he's, was, of course, a new quarterback for the Jets.
3: Mm-hmm. Is he hurt is or he is he he's just not new playing quarterback them? quarterback when
1: he's been in the I know. league for 20 years?
3: Is he hurt or is he just not he, playing these early not games? not going
1: to go play a pre preseason. game. Not happening,
3: yeah. This was the Hall of Fame game, Drew Brees game, didn't, even, yeah.
1: didn't even play until like the last preseason right. game. Just to get a little... Field time in mm-hmm. before the opener. I, I
3: liked watching the field and I know I didn't watch the game. I just happened to catch a few minutes of it because it was, uh, um, on late, but it was, um, the, the end zone said Tom Benson Hall of Fame. Yeah. Really? I, yeah. It had Tom Benson on the field and I thought, why is that Tom say Tom Benson? I guess something about the, the Canton, museum because or whatever is dedicated to tom benson so they had his name on the field and i thought well that's kind of cool you know the legendary saints owner right so i thought that was neat but it, i don't even who won the game i don't, I, I know the jets were behind at oh. the end and i'm not even sure who ended up winning the game does it matter it's, it doesn't a, matter <laughs> no it really doesn't because they, they don't count do the nfl preseason games do does anybody really care no
1: i i wish they would eliminate them
3: they need to. Maybe. maybe. I, as I saw somebody go down last night, I saw a guy get hurt, and I thought, duh.
1: I remember uh, years ago, uh, uh, Deuce McAllister getting a high ankle sprain in, like, mm. the second to last preseason game. Oh, that's frustrating. And he's out for now for several weeks of the oh, season. Oh, gosh. And I'm like,
3: seriously? Why are we doing this still? This is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I, Maybe play flag football, you know, just to get people out there to get reps, to get the rhythm, to get, you just know, practice
1: and then start the season. I
3: know. I know.
1: But um, obviously they'll never not do it because people buy
3: tickets. And and for me, they go see him to actually see there was a game last night. My endorphins started kicking in. No, it. I'm I watching, started going. Ooh, football, football.
1: I'm watching all these LSU posts mm-hmm. and the teams getting ready, and yeah. I'm like, I start getting goosebumps.
3: Ball practice at Tiger Stadium <laughs> yesterday. <Yeah>. Kind of <laughs> cool. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh Fire Chief Clarence Reese Jr. talked with us about the uh, the mold at Fire Station Number 20. Find the latest information coming up at 8:40 with Mike and. McC- Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and
0: McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: Well, if you haven't heard this story, Shreveport Fire Station number 20, they discovered mold in a significant enough amount to move the entire staff, evacuate the building, and they're going to have to perform mold remediation. And uh, we've got Shreveport Fire Chief Clarence Reese Jr. joining us right after the Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 1017 FM, 710 Kiel, Mike and McCarty. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport Fire Chief Clarence Reese Jr. joining us. Uh, Chief, good morning. Happy Friday to you.
5: Good morning. Happy Friday to y'all also.
1: Big news with you, uh, of course, fire station number 20. You're probably sick of talking about it, but uh, mold issues in the building. First of all, did the building flood at one point? Where did this mold come from?
5: Uh, Unknown really on where the mold uh, came from. This whole deal is kind of under investigation with the city of Shreveport Spar and the Shreveport Fire Department. So we're looking at a whole lot of things, but, uh, of course, that mildew and mold normally is uh attributed to uh moisture so we're looking at uh we're, we're trying to find out exactly what has happened uh uh to station nineteen uh station twenty excuse me how long how long is it
1: has it been an issue
5: uh i was notified of the severity of it uh uh at the beginning of the week um uh, we have we're looking through all of our maintenance files uh of course with the three four fire department maintenance and uh trying to figure out exactly how long this may date back.
3: And have crews already started doing the work? Are you going to have to put it out for bids? What's the process of fixing it?
5: Uh, so as soon as the city of Shreveport found out about the uh, – uh, as soon as I found out about the problem, notified the uh, administration, and immediately they began uh, uh, getting environmentalists involved, uh, uh, getting them involved. So as soon as we get results back, it's all being run through the uh, through the city of Shreveport – we can kind of start figuring out where we go from there, but we need to know after that assessment is done, then we can kind of decide what needs to happen. And, of course, this also is in conjunction with the uh, port of Caddo-Bosier.
3: How long do you anticipate the station will be closed? Do you have a, an idea?
5: Unknown at this time, uh, but we want to make sure that the safety is, safety and concerns of those crews is, uh, is, is looked after, and also we want to make sure that everything is done correctly. Uh, on that first pass after we get our assessments back.
1: Where was the mold in the building? Was it in the dorm rooms? Was it in the kitchen or what, where, where was the physical mold?
5: Sure. They reported, uh, the reports that I have seen, uh, where they've notified our maintenance division, they were in several locations, including the kitchen living area, uh, and, and bathroom areas.
3: I believe chief, uh, Lee said that the, this may impact response times in the area. um, can you talk about that is that going to be a little bit of an issue
5: sure it it will be a small issue it won't affect the uh it won't affect the service necessarily of the street or fire department to those citizens uh all of these fire stations are strategically located uh throughout the city uh and it would be no different than if station 20 was on a run uh at the port and another run came in we have station 19 on ellaby road we have station 3 right there on east 70th street we have Station Twenty Two on the Southern Loop, and also a lot of that area is a mutual aid area where we run that with Cattle Fire District 5. So if any impact, there should be a very minute impact to the uh, response times.
3: Chief, I got a text from someone um, that knows about the building and apparently worked there years ago, I'm not sure, who said, quote, several firefighters that have worked there have died from cancer or been diagnosed. Is that a concern? Are you going back and checking, you know, health issues? Have there been health issues? Do you have that worry in your mind?
5: Uh, of course we have that worry when anyone has, uh, has uh, perished due to any type of illness within the Streetport Fire Department. Uh, we will, again, get with the city. Uh, we will take that assessment. We will evaluate all of that information. Uh, but at this time, we cannot contribute any uh, death to uh any type of situation at station fire, fire station number 20.
1: Have you had any complaints uh, filed at all in, in regards to this?
5: In regards to
1: like health issues related to station number 20?
5: Yeah. So that, uh, yes, they have, uh, we have had complaints with about the mildew, uh, in the station. Uh, there are records that we do have on file that, uh, show where, uh, Ceiling tiles may have been replaced and everything else. So this is not an issue that has not gone, uh, that has not been untouched. Uh, There have been several remedies to try to uh, mitigate that mold.
1: How far back have those complaints gone?
5: Uh, That's something we're investigating right now. That is my chief of maintenance uh, that has those files, and we're looking at that right now. Our immediate concern was making sure when it came to my desk, the severity of it was taken care of immediately. Uh, That was the reason they were moved out of that station. Uh, once we actually had a, we had a meeting there and I was able to see it for myself, uh, and it was made at that time to move them out of that station.
3: Describe what you saw, Chief. What did you physically see when you were looking at the mold?
5: Right. Uh, mildew, just like you would normally see in your, uh, I mean, in any, in, 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 in any, any home, is the same type of mildew or mold that, uh, that I lay my eyes on. Can't tell you what type of mold. Can't tell you if there are any di- different types of mildew. I have no idea. Uh, but, what I saw was, you know, spots on the wall, discoloration of uh, some of the uh, ceiling area and uh, and paint uh, that was not really adhered to the wall.
3: And and the work could, you're hoping the work can start quickly. Y'all can treat this as an emergency, I would assume.
5: Uh, absolutely. Uh, but we want to make sure the citizens know that the the response times uh, of the Shreveport Fire Department, while I said maybe minute, uh, that is the main thing we're worried about right now is making sure that we keep the same level of service to the citizens of Shreveport while also protecting the uh, health and safety
1: of those firefighters. You guys were able to find another building to uh, accommodate your needs. What I, I think it's located on the port facility. Is that correct?
5: Absolutely. Right there on the four by four, uh, a little bit over four miles uh, from the actual fire station. Uh, the fort was gracious enough to open their doors. We also had kind of fire district five where we were trying to get into their fire station. Uh, they were more than willing to accommodate, but also for the health and safety and the mental health aspect of those firefighters who kind of wanted to keep them together instead of uh, moving, uh, busting them around the city.
3: How old is this station, Chief?
5: Uh, to my knowledge, that station was built in the mid-90s.
3: Say that again? You broke up.
5: Uh, I, I said, to my knowledge, that station was built in the mid- mid-90s.
3: Okay. Do you have mold issues at any other station? I mean, I I know this probably sparks your uh, need to go check everywhere else. Have you found it anywhere else?
5: It Absolutely. uh, I don't know about any other stations, but uh, as of yesterday, we immediately put out a memo saying if there are any health and safety concerns related to anything at the fire station or your health, uh, you need to notify our chief of safety, our maintenance staff, and our deputy chief immediately. We want an email record of all of those incidents.
1: Chief, uh, Fire Chief Clarence Reese, Jr., look, thanks for your time this morning, and uh, we hope this gets resolved quickly.
5: Absolutely. We hope so also. Thank you all for having
1: me. You Thank bet. Thank you, sir. Have a good weekend. 101- Let's get back
0: to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and
1: 710 Kiel. I'm not quite sure what this... Our message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board, uh, last hour, at the, at the end of the hour, I don't remember what we were talking about, but Gigi says, Ruben was being nice. He was probably getting his equipment back in order after you were in charge of it while he was out sick. Oh, <laughs> something uh, you well, goofed up she's over not there. wrong, I'm yeah. sure.
6: I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I must have but, goofed up something. No. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I did,
1: <laughs> but it's Maybe not your go, fault. Yeah. It's my fault it's from m- earlier in the week.
6: <laughs> yeah, while I like you
3: were that. I yeah, vote, I vote for that.
6: Yeah, I had the I had the COVID on Monday and Tuesday, and Mike was on the board.
3: <laughs> Are you feeling okay? By the way, it's all feel, all gone. Yeah,
6: I feel great. I was sick like Saturday. Saturday. That was it. Saturday, I was I was dog sick, which I had a I had a show. I was super pissed off that I had oh, to miss. Oh, I know. I
3: know. But, oh, uh, no.
6: but you know, in, in exchange, I got Monday and Tuesday off.
3: <laughs> yeah, and you got a free lasagna.
6: I did. I did. <laughs> uh, Aaron, Aaron brought me and my wife another huge lasagna. <laughs> uh, that's that's going to be
1: our COVID tradition from
6: now yeah,
3: on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, don't don't, I don't stole don't... the first one. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad.
1: Don't uh, make that a regular thing.
3: By the way, power back on in Minden. Uh FYI they shut it down at about 10 last night apparently and I
1: was 3 hours in, and 10 minutes. Mm, I was in For touch with people. the mayor
3: and um it was uh, back on around one thirty or so this morning. Right. The Nick, Mayor Nick Cox uh said they got everything fixed. If you didn't didn't get back on if your juice is not back on, you should contact City Hall and the number is 377 377- 2144 if you want to report that your power is still out. But everybody should be back up and going.
1: If your power is not back, what?
3: Up and going. No, back up and going. Back up. No. what did I say?
1: O-N. O- 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 back what? Back on. No, that's not how you say
3: what did I say? Back on.
1: Back on.
3: <laughs> on? on.
1: Is that how they say it in Baton Rouge? Back on. Back <laughs> yes. Back on.
3: Oh, my God. Wait, do I have any more ammo?
1: <laughs> no, you I do. threw it all at me already. Oh, you do. <laughs> God. And I oh end up gosh. picking that stuff up.
3: Oh, uh, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Big,
1: big weekend plans?
3: <laughs> uh, I, have a, I have some things to do today, actually tomorrow, and actually Sunday. Yeah, I have some things that are going on. Oh, good for you. Can't say a whole lot about it. Today I have a lunch with some buddies, so I'm looking forward my, to it.
1: My wife is working tomorrow.
3: Okay. Yes. (laughs) He really does love you, Dina. Of
1: course. (laughs) But it's a much more
3: relaxing day. He doesn't stand up and do the happy dance when he talks about you being gone. (laughs) Oh, no, he doesn't do that. (laughs) It's terrible. Oh, Oh, Lord. I
1: do have chores. Yeah. My my son's heading to East Texas.
3: Oh, good. Okay.
1: I'm I'm excited for
3: him. That is very cool. Don't do any stupid outdoor work this weekend, please. Well, not not nothing at four in the afternoon. That's for Okay, thank dead you. Dead gum short. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you're killing me.
1: Killing <laughs> <laughs> <Let> me, smalls. <laughs> well look, make it a great weekend. And uh and uh yeah, Moon Grafon coming up next. One oh one seven F